0: You can see how how just having better sleep and and exercising more certainly contributes to on average longer lifespan and, and, and just better health span. So so feeling better, being more active into later years. And as far as tech- technology goes, technology really allows you to see in real time how what you're doing is improved. So, so you can track your sleep, you can track your recovery, you can track heart rate and variability.
1: Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. My name is Keith Fiveson. Today we're going to explore the intersection of mindfulness, psychedelics, longevity, and more with our guest, Mr. Michael Brotherton. He's a finance professional specializing in these burgeoning industries, and he's successfully organized and executed investor conferences and non-deal roadshows, significantly increasing the visibility of neuropsych and psychedelic companies within the investor community. Michael has played a pivotal role in raising over 500 million in capital for biotech companies through target investor, targeted investor events and strategic roadshows. Boy, that's a mouthful. Well, we're thrilled to have Michael join us today on the Mindfulness Experience to talk about his panels. He has two panels at the Wonderland. 2023 conference and the future of these industries. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Michael Brotherton. Hey, 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 welcome to the show, Michael. How are you, sir?
0: Hey, Keith, doing well. Thank you for having me on today. Great. Well, I'm I'm
1: really excited for you being there and uh, you've been there before and you've got two panels um can we uh talk a little bit more about what those panels are about and maybe a little bit more about your background in the neuropsych and psychedelic industries
0: uh yeah for sure um i i guess uh first i'll go a bit into my background Mm -hmm. um i've you know been interested, I think, in just uh, neuropsychopharmacology for a long time. It was mm-hmm. a big focus of my undergrad. And then I ended up going into um, endocrinology research following school. And, uh, you know, like, that sort of started my, my focus within the biotech sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for a few years and then I pivoted away and went into events and uh that was mm-hmm. for a short period of time and then after that i started working at an investment bank mm-hmm. and uh while i was at that investment bank we were put on the compass pathways ipo because um one of our research analysts had was formerly at barenberg and mm-hmm. had a relationship with the company and when i saw that we were on the ipo i had my own personal interest within psychedelics and neuropsychiatry mm-hmm. and saw this as an opportunity to to start to focus within this sector. Uh mm-hmm. our bank is a it was a the bank I was working at was a boutique investment bank. It was mainly focused in healthcare, but we also had a bit of a focus in uh crypto companies that were publicly traded. Mm-hmm. And And I saw a lot of similarities with uh, the crypto companies and the early psychedelic companies as Mm -hmm. far as it is a uh, close-knit community. A lot of them were originally listed down in Toronto and wanted to move down and list down in the US. So I saw a lot of same patterns and that was how I was able to sell this to management at the bank to start focusing within this sector. And during the time I was there, we. Uh, increased research coverage um, and built a banking team that was focused within this sector and had relationships with, I think, around 36 different companies that were neuropsych, psychedelic, adjacent. And at the time I left, we had research coverage of seven different companies within the sector. Hmm. So that was sort of how I really built a focus mm-hmm. and and career within this space. I've since left, broke out on my own with uh, my partner, Joe Hashma, who was formerly a Thai and then also worked at Wainwright in the the research division, focusing on these companies within this space. And now this is really our exclusive focus. We focus within neuropsychiatry. We help companies to raise money. We uh, give our own opinions on the space as it evolves. And uh, we've been doing this for a few months now.
1: Well, you've uh, been involved with quite a few companies. Can you tell me a little bit about the market in terms of the shift uh, from, you know, when we started uh, years ago, 36 companies, plus you've got your own company now, and and maybe we can get into that. Uh, I'm really interested in you know what do you see as the key growth drivers that are moving the industry forward?
0: Uh, currently, mm-hmm. I'd say the the biggest key growth driver is Spravato and Spravato sales. And and you know Spravato has a REMS program, which basically is just a it's a it's a risk mitigation mitigation program for for a lot of mm-hmm. new drugs that may have some some side effects and and. Kind of unknown uh unknown effects and uh part of this REMS program is that they have to be Spravato has to be administered by providers that are trained and that supervise you as they're administering Spravato which is like basically mm-hmm. like an intranasal spray device mm-hmm. and there's a bit of complications with getting that program rolling and and building out the REMS and 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 executing it And you know, more recently it has really, I guess, gained some traction and is on course to be a blockbuster drug. And I think that right now is currently making a lot of investors within the neuropsychiatry space, a lot of biotech investors start to take second notice at this space. So they see that you know a bit of a difficult program with, with, with with supervised administration can work. Um, There's insurance coverage, and it it is really generating some profits. So they're starting to take note. Um, The second thing I think that's really making a difference in impact within this space is is a lot of the the behind-the-scenes preclinical data for a lot of uh, non-psychedelic psychoplastogens. And non-psychedelic psychoplastogens are very attractive to Big pharma, because they don't have a lot of these. You know, you, you don't you don't need to administer them in a supervised setting for the most part. They can be given to someone uh, for a, a, a long period of time. It, it fits a lot better within the pharma model. And I think what a lot of people in this space are are considering that these can be are really adjuncts to to to. Larger psychedelic experiences, and this could be something that people take home and take every day, and 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 this is very attractive to pharma, and I think that is driving a lot of interest now in the space. And I think behind the scenes, pharma are looking to to strike deals with a number of companies that are working in this space. And uh, I think in the next couple of months, that'll be a big mm-hmm. turning point as well.
1: So if we look at the, uh, Johnson and Johnson, the Spravato, uh play. Certainly, you've got all the insurance, you've got all the training, you've got all the legitimate aspects of J&J involved with that. Uh, And then on the non-psychedelic side, there's a lot of talk about that because, you know, it's kind of like having the trip without the trip, right? Having the neurogenesis, the neuroplasticity, the ability to go ahead and deal with some of the you know issues that a lot of people are uh, using psychedelics for, specifically s- stress, trauma, PTSD. You know, really going ahead and rebooting, resetting, and reframing. So, are you know, in your view, what I hear you saying is that these are, are sort of the forerunners, if you will, that are really uh, getting some traction or getting some attention. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I, I I think so. Um, I, I, I I I mean, I know that pharma is taking a look at these these mm-hmm. psychoplastogens and a lot a lot within the sort of active 2A agonists, a lot within that space has to be figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Maps is fairly close with MDMA to getting FDA approval, looking like early 2024. But mm-hmm. I think that's a very different. I, I sort of see Maps as is different from a lot of the other companies that are working in the space because they are focusing on the therapy component Mm -hmm. and and they are really building something out and i think that the the entheogens like mdma really are suited perfectly to this therapy component Mm -hmm. i'm not so sure on on the the 2a agonist side if mm-hmm. really they they need to have such a strong uh therapy component i do think they need to be supervised and guided and people need to talk through difficult difficult experiences but i don't really know if it's so necessary i do see the extreme benefit within with 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 uh mdma mm-hmm. and other entheogens though um i think it's something that an interesting study just came out uh, the other day from from small pharma, and it was a very small study. They were looking at um, uh, uh, it was a phase one for um, DMT combined with uh, SSRIs. So people that are on SSRIs long term, they gave them a DMT experience, and we're looking at depression and. Uh, one of the interesting things that came out of the study, again, it's a very small study, this needs to be mm-hmm. enlarged and, and repeated, was that the the reduction in uh, depression was was much greater for people who are on SSRIs than those who weren't on SSRIs. Mm-hmm. I think they had a 93% remission rate. And, um, you know, to me, the, the way that I'm looking at this is that, you know, we're, we're sort of, dialing in more and more about how ssris could possibly work but it's looking like really they kind of work like psychoplastogens mm-hmm. so so rather than the old theory of just increased uh serotonin it's looking like really the, the antidepressant effect is is more due to this this psychoplastogen effect and and i think that it's interesting that they got such great results when paired with dmt when paired with this classic 2a agonist mm-hmm and i think that really the two can really potentiate each other and i also think this leads more to to this this you know potential theory of how these psychoplastogens can be beneficial and, and maybe even more beneficial when they're paired with uh, uh a full-on psychedelic experience beforehand mm-hmm.
1: interesting um you know it's a interesting space and i i think the conference really provides a opportunity to go ahead and look at the gamut of you know what's happening in terms of science, the sacred, the medical, the mystical, you know and bringing it all together. but your background in the financial area specifically looks at uh, these companies that are you know bringing to market maybe entheogens or psychedelics in a new package a new patent and a new method in some cases uh, for delivery. I'm wondering, when you look at these um you know industries and the challenges that they face you know maybe particularly in the regulatory frameworks uh, how do you see these evolving in the future
0: um it's sorry just trying to understand mm-hmm. the question how do i see the regulatory yeah. frameworks evolving? yeah
1: i mean you know so like the hurdles when we start looking at um you know when we start taking the psychedelic out of uh uh the entheogens uh, and looking at neuroplasticity as uh or uh what was the term you use psychoplasticity or yeah,
0: psychoplastogen
1: like like yeah, yeah psychoplastogen so when we start taking a look at that i know there are a lot of people that are kind of wondering okay are we creating a new um, you know a uh, uh, a new kind of super drug here and you know, what kind of regulatory frameworks are really keeping us safe. So I'm just wondering what your view is, as, uh, as, as you start taking a look at the market and the investment, you start talking about J and J you start talking about some of the other companies, compass pathways has a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of, um, um, uh, shall we say, um, uh, uh, critics, you know uh that are looking at compass uh in in terms of whether or not they're you know whether or not they're um ch- changing the essence of what the drugs are and i'm just wondering what yeah. from a regulatory viewpoint what does that look like
0: so so for me personally i i just you know I, I one of my i i kind of care about two things within this space mm-hmm. i care about access and i care about the most amount of people being able to have access to these medicines. And and then I care about research and I care about learning and I care about learning what works and and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and the, you know, the FDA drug approval process does have a place and reason in all this, um, you know, things, things can, can, can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and, and 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 it's very easy to have public panic that creates a backlash, and we've seen before, seen it before in right. the past. And just by putting these things and putting the money behind it and putting them through the FDA approval process, you you you, you, you gain a lot more general public acceptance of mm-hmm. these these. These medicines, and with that general public acceptance comes two. I mean, there's two things that are sort of happening. With FDA approval, you you eventually gain the possibility of having insurance coverage for a lot of these medicines, and and uh, and the other thing is like I was talking about before. You get you get public acceptance. So with those two things, with with insurance being able to cover psychedelics, right. mm-hmm. and with public acceptance, you get. You get greater access to mm-hmm. these medicines and treatments. There's going to be people in the middle of America who who don't have, you know, who are who are maybe of an older generation and mm-hmm. and don't have access to community network that is comfortable with psychedelics. But, yeah. but and they
1: and they don't want to trip out. They they just want to have the benefits of the medicine without the trip
0: yeah and and, and and who knows there may come a time in their life when when uh tripping out is appropriate and right. i i think that you know my view is that that all of these things mm-hmm. have a, a place within mental health treatment so i think the the non-psychedelic psychoplastogens have a place I think that the entheogens, MDMA, the heart openers have a place. I think that the the classic psychedelic 2A agonists have a place. And and, and, and maybe even longer and shorter duration have a place too. And, and and by by having companies, you know, like 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 Compass, like like Cybin, like Atai, like small pharma uh, like Gilgamesh, like reconnect, mm-hmm. having companies like this, uh, 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 do the research, um, pay for clinical trials, figure out what's works, what doesn't work. You know, we're, 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 we're learning things the entire time. And, right. and to me, that's the most important thing rather than just say, Oh, psychedelics work as they are. Let's just stay as we are. And, and and open them up and and make them legal i I don't think that if we did that i don't think that the most amount of people would would end up using psychedelics or would end up using next generation I, i
1: i lived through that michael i you know back in the 60s and 70s we we went through that i mean everyone said you know turn on tune in turn out drop out you know it was all part of the was all part of the zeitgeist so what you're really saying is you know the money that's going into it right now is not only providing the research but is also providing the validation
0: exactly that's exactly it
1: yeah which is beautiful it's a beautiful thing so you know i know that you've been involved in uh, organizing you know these high-impact corporate access events and the neuropsych as well as the psychedelic space can you give us a sort of a a sense as to like some of those events and you know, what the outcomes were and, you know, your, yeah, your experience. Is,
0: uh, I mean, this, this was part of my previous role at the okay. investment bank where we're I really see. just trying to, we're really trying to, uh, build an investor base for mm-hmm. this space. Mm-hmm. So. You know a lot of that was 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 putting together research events where we brought together experts within the field and and reached out to the biotech investor base and saw who's interested and, mm-hmm. and, and then from and and send research out to as many people and see who's interested and then from there and you know the past couple of years we really got a distilled view of all the funds that were interested in the space mm-hmm. we'll say a lot of them Um, you know, a lot of these big institutional biotechs have have sort of sat on the sidelines, but like had a level of interest and have a level of interest and are are just kind of waiting for the right time to deploy. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. initial investors within the psychedelic space were we're not really sophisticated biotech investors don't really understand how that process and system works mm-hmm. and i think that it's it's much better and would be a much better indicator of maturity within this space. When the institutional biotech start to take more position, we're starting to see that happen. And, and and like I said, I think Spravato has been a big mm-hmm. driver of that more recently. And I think we're going to continue to see that and that will create more stability for these companies and more stability for the industry in general, and we'll give it some legitimacy as a biotech industry. And, and I think we're starting to see that change. So really, that's all I was trying to do for the last past couple of years when I was there is, is build those relationships and identify which investors are interested within the sector and 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 try to generate and build more interest and hopefully that leads to investments.
1: And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, uh, there's gotta be a place for people to meet, for people to understand, for people to grow their knowledge and their wisdom and to really understand what the play is because there are a lot of pump and dump companies that are sort of figuring out that they might make a quick buck and then, uh, you know, just, you know, sell off or leave or go out of business. And we've seen a lot of that in the cannabis industry. Uh, Certainly, uh, you know, this is a different industry and a different play um you know and you started uh we started talking about you know your uh uh involvement if if you will you've got these panels that are coming up at the conference can you talk to a little bit about that and what those panels are about and you know what your thoughts are
0: yeah for sure uh so yeah doing two panels um the first one i'm doing a uh fireside chat with hamilton morris uh who um had a a TV show called Hamilton's Pharmacopia, and uh, now has a uh, podcast that I actually listen to quite a bit on Patreon. And, uh, you know, he does really deep dives within the space and sector. I I think Hamilton and I kind of share a lot of we share a lot of the same views on you know some of our uh, our own like issues we have with 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 the space a bit so i don't know we we, we, i think we share a lot of values within the space and sector so we've done this before and uh we tend to just kind of talk and and flow so that's the first one Mm -hmm. the second panel is on uh the the intersection of psychedelics and longevity Mm -hmm. and um it's I am, it's it's an intersection that I am fairly interested in. I am you know currently in the process of helping to uh, build out uh, a retreat somewhere. It's still we're still very stealth with it, so I can't talk too much about it. But uh, it's somewhere in the Caribbean, and we're looking to focus on human optimization. And and you know. Uh, uh, a lot of that human optimization involves really just taking care of yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that psychedelics can be an important catalyst for for that type of change. So I just know myself personally, every time I've had or gone on a psychedelic retreat, I come back and you know, I wanna start sleeping better and mm-hmm. I wanna start eating better and, and taking care of myself a little bit better. And I, I think if we can, combine both of those things and use use psychedelics as sort of this amplifier for change then we could really get people to improve a lot of habits and then you know we pair that with uh, a, a, a lot of digital tools and tracking mm-hmm. and and sort of what we're seeing as far as science goes within the health span longevity space and and things people can do to take and then to improve their their uh their biologic age. And I think you can really create this synergistic effect and and psychedelics can really be used as a tool. And then I just think there's there's like you know a lot of secondary effects as far as just getting you in a better mood, reducing anxiety, uh, lowering inflammation that could contribute to just a greater sense of well-being. So you know, I'm really interested in that intersection and mm-hmm. uh and and bringing together some experts that can talk on this topic.
1: I'm fascinated with this area. Uh, You know, it's my book, uh, uh, The Mindfulness Experience, is really around uh, eight key areas, five internally, three externally. You know, the mind, the body, the spirit, the breath, the spirit, uh, the, the food you put in your body, and the ability to rest. And then the three outside are really your relationships, your environment, and your aspirations. And so the whole longevity play is, uh, and, you know, I have always saw it as uh, an opportunity to really get clean and really get, you know, authentic in terms of who I am. Uh, I'm wondering when you, when you starting to put together this, uh, this retreat, I'd love to hear more about that when you're ready. Uh, But when you uh, see the technology playing in the longevity industry and, you know, its potential Um, how do you see it uh, playing in terms of human life expectancy do you see that there is a a real opportunity there in terms of traction is it anecdotal you know the the numbers show themselves out Uh, we had Aubrey uh Dr. Aubrey de Grey on the show earlier he had a fascinating man lots of great things to talk about in terms of longevity I'm wondering you know what your views are along that line
0: yeah so as far as technology goes i mean i think it's 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 too early to say for a certain although you know within this space you really have to sort of be be it's a I'd say it's a different data research collection process because we can't really wait to the end we're sort of in this we can see trends within mm-hmm. within the space and what sort of work with analytics. as far as technology goes i i mean I just kind of I, I can you know you, you can see how 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 just having better sleep and and exercising more certainly contributes to on average longer lifespan and and, and just better health span. so so feeling better being more active into later years and and as far as te- technology goes, technology really like, allows you to see in real time how what you're doing is improving. so so you can track your sleep you can track your recovery you can track heart rate variability um ai is getting fairly good at 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 compiling all this and 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 tracking mood you can have a continuous glucose monitor and although they're not all that great yet as the technology improves and you can see how you're reacting to foods that will have i i i imagine uh, a, a, another one of these synergistic mm-hmm. feedback loops on your eating behavior which you contribute could potentially tr- contribute to longer lifespan and health span. and i think if you combine all of these things in in one place and 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 you know have a digital coach uh mm-hmm. along the way and and facilitate this with psychedelic experiences, I think you could really create this the the this very active process where people can start dialing into their their health life and how they live their lives.
1: Right. So it feels to me, uh, you know, um, like we're we're sort of moving further and further into the matrix here. You know, uh, at the end of the day, I'll just have my capsule, which will do a complete monitoring on me, give me the right nutrients, the right food, give me the uh, ability to you know just plug into whatever is going on uh, and uh, you know that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, but there is a, a quality here of nature and nurture that you know we can probably you know debate or get into in terms of philosophy I mean it's uh, it's 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 really better living by chemistry isn't it
0: yeah yeah yeah, it it, it, cer- it certainly is. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as nature and nurture, I I I it's I I, I try to just look at everything as a system, mm. and as a very very complex system, and it's a very very complex system that's constantly interacting. You know, our genes are constantly interacting with our environment and constantly interacting with our decisions throughout that environment. So I, I don't think you could really Separate those two things. I think it, it's they're constantly just entwined at all God, I levels. You know? It's it, 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 yeah. So 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 it's 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 just realizing that it's a very complex system, and mm-hmm. and we could both both tweak our behavior, which will then have an impact on gene expression, which will then have an impact on. It, it's 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 all just a. a complex system and we could only understand those very little pieces of it
1: right so your point is that we're all uh it's an interrelated system uh, from the microcosm to the microcosm the macrocosm to the microcosm if you will our inner world or external world depending upon what goes inside what's going on inside that really in a large part determines how we see the world and how we express ourselves in the world so might as well get our insides right, so we can get the outside right. Put That's ourselves exactly. in the right place, huh? That's
0: exactly, it, Keith. Yep.
1: Good, good, good. So, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at this growing interest uh, in mental health and wellness. Do you believe that you know psychedelic therapy has a role, and how do you see it playing in the industry in coming years? Just I know we've talked about you know the idea of using psychedelics. You know, looking looking at ways of uh, neuroplasticity or neuroplastigens and the ability to go ahead and maybe not have therapy, but where does the role of therapy play in that in that process, from your view?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it it, it it certainly has a place, and 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 you know, there's going to be a lot of people who work with therapists or comfortable working with therapists and 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 psychedelics are a great tool for therapy they help us to 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 sort of like impact that that change and impact and and create this plastic state where we can start to really impact change i i i I try to like i don't know i i try to liken a lot of these things to to uh to ozempic so i think ozempic is like great used as this this initial uh this initial thing that can get people to lose weight that can then mm-hmm. allow people to start making the changes in their life that mm-hmm. continue to keep them fit.
1: So great them. intervention
0: yeah. and and i think that psychedelics are kind of the same thing they're this great interventional tool mm-hmm. that can 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 start to facilitate change and bring people out of their current state of mind and then and then i think that you know they they work really well when paired with therapy and 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 people can start to actually change their behavior mm-hmm. i do think that they can be useful in a lot of different contexts and a lot of it is is, you know, our, our, our social situations and the people mm-hmm. that we surround ourselves with. But but sometimes a therapist can be, you know, a really great uh, tool to get a good view on what our social situations are and then help you to sort of create a mirror for yourself where you can work on and facilitate that change. And psychedelics do make those changes a lot easier. And then, like I mentioned before, I mean, I, I, I always tend to separate entheogens out in this, so mm-hmm. I separate out MDMA and, and other sort of heart-opening uh, medicines. And I, I really do think that their benefit is along with the therapeutic mm-hmm. session. So I think that there's there's something really important that happens when we're allowed to to rewrite memories without the associated fear. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something very, you know, like really changing the neurobiology of our head and then, mm-hmm. and, then and then the associations uh, that these memories create. So I, I think that those two really mm-hmm. r- pair perfectly well together and 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 should kind of always be used together. Um, certainly there's, there's, you know, other use cases for entheogens as far as social bonding and group settings go. But I do think that those two pair really well together. Um, for other psychedelics, I, I, I see some benefit, but, you know, also see a lot of benefit without the, the, the therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, to sort of triage these things. So I, I, I do think that like one of the, the the biggest thing that comes out of psychedelic experience is that not everyone's experience is different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not everyone's experience is the same, sorry. And, mm-hmm. and, and certain psychedelic experiences, I think, only require uh, a guide and, and minimal support and trust mm-hmm. within that person. Mm-hmm. But then other experiences require a lot more deeper psychological work. Right. And 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 people can be, you know, fully debilitated by psychedelic experiences if they don't have this support. But not everyone needs that same support. So I, I think what's gonna be important moving forward is is figuring that out. I mean, ideally we would figure these things out beforehand, but I think we're pretty far off mm-hmm. from that. So it's kind of figuring it out afterwards and, and how to triage then people who do need more support into the proper support for that person, and 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 having right. someone meets that person where they are. So, right. so I, I don't know. I, I don't think I think that in in a lot of cases with the psychedelic experience, like I said, you really don't, like you, you you do need a guide, an experienced mm-hmm. guide, and someone who makes you feel safe. That that that's right. that's a very important part. And and some cases you need deeper. Psychological intervention and and others you don't, and I think Mm -hmm. I think being able to identify and triage those cases, I think, is going to become very, very important. And I think that digital tools will really help to in 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 the future to really direct that.
1: Right. I really like uh, I really like that answer, and I like that uh, approach. You know, it's set, setting, uh, integration, and activation, and really what you're talking about is. All of those, depending upon, um, you know, uh, obviously uh, the setting is going to be really, really important in terms of your safety and the ability to go ahead and be with whatever is present for you, whatever's coming up for you. And then the integration, the ability to go ahead and talk about whatever came up or whatever Arose for you. But then, you know, one of the things I really like about what you're talking about is the use of digital therapeutics as a guide, as a way to find accountability and activate, you know, a lot of the things that might come up for someone, which is, I want to be a better person. I want to go ahead and have a better body. I want to go ahead and feel better about myself and breathe. I want to eat better, whatever it is. And having those digital therapeutics, I think, that you've talked about and are available today, uh, really um, helps the individual get, uh be empowered in their body, in their power, be embodied in their body, in, embodied. And, uh, you know, I think those are uh really at the end of the day what contributes to longevity, rather being in your body rather than disembodied in some sort of dis-ease that really takes you away from feeling good about who you are and where you are and where you're going. So isn't that uh, isn't that what we all hope? Um can you uh maybe um uh, uh, you know, I guess there's a question I've got, you know, given today's um environment. I I certainly someone could say the pandemic is over, but I don't <clears throat> I don't think that to a large extent, you know, many people think we still have something to worry about. Uh, but with the pandemic, it ushered in a new era of remote work and digital health. And I'm just wondering if you see any of these industries adapting, you know, to uh, evolving in response. In other words, you're doing this retreat. Do you think that organizations are more open? Do you do you, do you think that they're really looking at the whole idea of uh, not only uh bringing people back but having more of a tribal culture i'm just you know wondering your thoughts about that in terms of you know where you're where you're at and and maybe this is not something that you can give a perspective on but um you know given your background and the things that you've been involved with i thought you might have a a view
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of have my experience, which which may not be typical. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at an investment bank, and there was definitely a rush to get people back in the office fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I, I definitely saw a difference between the different groups at the investment bank. So, our uh, our, our research team, where it's a lot of solitary work, uh, a lot of them still preferred to stay at home and work from home, and mm-hmm. and a lot of the other teams they started coming in. So. You know, maybe we'll start to see more of that. We'll start to see more of uh, a, a differentiation depending on whether your work is mm-hmm. is 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 you know uh, is is the, there's a benefit to being in a social setting with the people that you work with or there's not really a benefit you're doing more of a solitary job and and maybe we can see some more of that. um I do think that the pandemic definitely got people you know a lot more comfortable with having these zoom uh google meet over the internet interactions right. and and you know it's 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 something that i've also noticed with uh with companies meeting with investors it's become a really important tool where before it was all done in person and and now you could really filter and weed out companies that you want to have relationships with uh, digitally, and then you can go meet with them in person. So I, I do like how it's open, uh, you know, potential avenues for this hybrid or rem- remote work setting. Um, but I, I definitely think there's benefits to, you know, there, there's there's a lot of psychological and pro-social benefits to, to being around people and being in an office as well.
1: Yeah, and I I think what's happened too is uh, uh, it's time for celebration when people do come together and there's a more, you know, there's, I I think it's much more impactful as you pointed out because you do get a sense at one level and then when you actually are able to commit to, you know, really who these people are and who you're going to go ahead and meet with, then you can have a better uh, celebration, if you will, that you're more comfortable with that meeting it's uh it's 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 really good so let me ask you you're um uh you're involved in this area um where do you see the future um going and you know what kind of uh impact uh do you think uh it'll have uh for us as a society for for certainly in the u.s if not globally
0: yeah i i, I mean I, I think it's it's already starting to have a pretty decent impact as far as how we look at mental health and how we look at treating mental health and new options are out there. So even, you know, even so much as just increasing the potential funding and the amount of money and and seeing start to become allocated to the the neuropsychiatric space, I think that you know, psychedelics uh, created this potential for something different and something better, and I think that that's trickled into other areas within neuropsychiatry. So it's trickled down into you know companies that are working on the microbiome and looking at, at mm-hmm. mental health aspects of of microbiome treatments. I think it's it's really it, it's 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 just expanded the potential of. Of new ways for for treating a lot of the 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 mental health issues that we're seeing develop. Um, As far as where it's going in in the future, I mean, I am you know, I'm I'm excited for continued research. I'm excited for FDA approval of these medicines. I'm excited for you know, clinical trials on next generation psychedelics that can really tune in what's beneficial and and, mm-hmm. and, and for 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 different indications. Um and, and I think that you know there's there's the best is is yet to come. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that, that new molecules are gonna create it be created that that will have you know better Safety profiles, better profiles that fit into our current system, and that are more effective for for particular mm-hmm. indications. And I'm excited to see that research, and I'm excited to see the the little you know pieces that come out of this, like the recent small pharma study that that you know SSRIs can be synergistic and can potentiate potentially potentially. It's literally a small study, this antidepress an antidepressant effect and and i'm excited to see what comes down the road i you know um it's a great time to be
1: alive for sure
0: it is it is and then i'm also really i I, i'm i'm kind of i'm also interested in the retreat space it's something i talked about before i think that that it creates uh you know i I think that retreats and groups that are able to experiment and able to 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 you know learn from everything in the past, but create new protocols, create new group settings and, and figure out what really works. I think that they're gonna be an important mover in this space. And then lastly, you know, I'm really excited for, for psychedelics and their impact on end of life. I think that a lot of uh mm-hmm. you know a lot of just well, the John just,
1: Hopkins studies, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot there's a couple 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 studies coming out in the near future. But i just think it, you know, there's so much at least in the US, to really you know, treat death as sort of like get it out of the way and and numb it with as many benzos and painkillers as you can. And then that has that has, you know, effects I think in just the, the general mental health and psyche because those family members don't get to really reconnect with some right. of their other family members. And I think it's it, it, it can be an important time to heal a lot of wounds and a lot of intergenerational wounds. And I think that's, that's sort of being taken away mm-hmm. in our society. And I think that psychedelics can really, by allowing people to confront death, really allow people to, to sit with it mm-hmm. and be more present for that experience and connect with family members. And I think that th- this will end up, you know, having a lot more effects than we can even really imagine.
1: Hmm. Well, Mr. Michael Brotherton, you are a um, thoughtful, wise individual in the investment area. And uh, you don't find that very often. So I, I, I really want to congratulate you and, uh, lift you up and you know give you cheers how would people find out more about you and your company i know you your fund you're involved with uh the space uh, specifically you just started this company how would they find out more about what you're doing
0: thanks keith yeah yeah you can just head straight to our website it's uh www.dragonfly44.capital
1: dragonfly44 and uh anything specific to that name by the way
0: so, so, yes. So, um, is a yeah, it's kind of a backstory there. Um, our, uh, the the sort of working name for our island retreat project is Dragonfly. And, and then when I started this, we were asked to, you know, take a look at a couple of deals originally by uh a, a group called uh, a, by a friend who's part of a group called galaxy and just from sort of researching the name dragonfly i knew that there was a galaxy called dragonfly 44 and it's 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 uh a galaxy that has the most more dark matter than any other galaxy that's mm. ever been been mm-hmm. studied. So it's 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 mm-hmm. you know the vast majority of the matter within this galaxy is dark matter and there's only a little bit of light that comes out. So this a very mysterious galaxy called Dragonfly 44. And mm-hmm. I'd sort of already been working with the Dragonfly name. And then and then the, the first person who sort of kicked me off to start this company was part of a fund called Galaxy Digital. So so mm-hmm. all those things combined uh led to name Dragonfly 44.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well uh, make sure to visit uh, Dragonfly44 and uh, get in touch with Mr. Michael Brotherton. Thank you very much, Michael, for being on the show. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. Your insights and expertise uh, in the neuropsych and psychedelic industries have been invaluable. We look forward to hearing more from you at the Wonderland 2023 conference. Make sure to visit. Dragonfly44.capital. And to our listeners, remember to claim your 20% discount off the cost of registration with the code Mindfulness20. Join us at the conference to learn more about the future of these exciting industries.